Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Chris Schubert and Jamie Eisner back here on a Tuesday with a fantasy show for you today. Hope everyone had a great week and weekend. I hope everyone survived the first weekend without football. I know it's tough for all of us, but the USFL is right around the corner. Don't you worry. I'm very excited, just like I know Jamie's very excited for some spring football. Then, of course, we will get into the full swing of preseason training camp, all that stuff. But a fun show for you today here as we have a mock draft up on TDN. Not a fantasy mock draft, an NFL mock draft up on the website. Damian Parson did his first mock draft for TDN. We are here to react to it from a fantasy lens. Draft Dudes reacted to it from a uh, real-life lens on the show on their show yesterday. We're going to react to it from a fantasy lens. But first, football might be over, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops from all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you're going to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds from sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games bet online where the game starts jamie how are you on a tuesday doing well chris uh, I'm, I'm excited getting prepped for combine week next week and especially now that the the nfl has revised its questionable bubble plans uh we're gonna have the full combine experience this year looking forward to driving down to indianapolis next week and you know, when we do the show this time next week chris we'll, we'll probably we'll have a little bit of a combine spin to it but i like sure. the idea I've looked at some of these players that we haven't had a chance to look at because for the most part, when we've done my eight rounds of mock drafts pretty much every Tuesday for the last almost two months now, we only had a couple – we only had a handful of rookies that we talked about and a lot of them were running backs just because of the positional value and fantasy and the opportunity those guys can have. There, Spoiler, there are no running backs that go in the first round of Damien's mock draft. But this gives us an opportunity to talk about a handful of other rookies we have not yet discussed in the fantasy lunch yeah, and, and if you're comfortable with it, I would like to group all of the quarterbacks together and talk about them first. I think that's probably okay. fair because I don't know I, – I don't want to speak for you, but I don't know how much year one fantasy value there is going to be in these quarterbacks. But I do think in Damien's mock, the three quarterbacks that come off the board and the spots they go in are intriguing. Well, let's actually take it one at a time because it's not so much about what these quarterbacks will provide to you in year one. Unless you're in a, a super flex league, I would not be drafting any of these quarterbacks in a single quarterback league, 12 teams. But I do think it could matter for some of the other pieces around them. And I think that's where it becomes a little bit more intriguing. The first Fair. quarterback off the board here, Chris, do you want to tell our listeners who I, and where? I do. It's Malik Willis at number six to the Carolina Panthers. And the Panthers have been a popular landing spot for quarterbacks, although not the name we've traditionally seen here. In a lot of mocks, it's Kenny Pickett, whose name has come off the board here first. It is Malik Willis. And I, I think, Jamie, you would attest to this. You were at the Senior Bowl in Mobile as I as I was. Malik Willis trending in an upward direction on this. How else should we describe this this quarterback class as a just uh, ever-moving amoeba of quarterback rankings where it just yes. kind of everybody flows into one another and at any given day the order can change based on who you talk to and what film you watch. And it's, a, it's an ever-moving thing here. Malik Willis here at number six and – Jamie, actually, from Carolina's perspective, when I think of the skill position players that they do have, 
actually like this a lot more than I do Kenny Pickett. Yeah, and it's interesting right now. I'm looking at the uh, good friends uh, at Underdog Fantasy and looking at their best ball ADP right now for these rookie quarterbacks. And Malus, Mal- Malus, Malik Willis, trying to combine his first and last name there, uh, is the highest ranked rookie quarterback right now in best ball ADPs coming off the board at QB 24. Again, a good reminder of why. If you're not in Super Flex Leagues, you're not drafting these guys. But QB24 right now is coming off the board uh, in the range of guys like Daniel Jones, Matt Ryan, Jameis Winston, Baker Mayfield, Zach Wilson. Like that. That's where Malik Willis is coming off the board here. Um, in terms of what he can do, I, look, the reality is, is we've been waiting for somebody to get DJ Moore the ball with consistency for a little bit now. Uh, Sam Darnold was not able to do it last year consistently. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater was not able to do it with consistency the year before, yet Moore still put up pretty decent numbers given the circumstances. Now, the question is going to be is how quickly does Malik Willis start anywhere? Uh, Even if he goes number six overall, I don't think he is a guaranteed lock, no doubt, week one starter. I think if he goes that high, he's likely the week one starter, but I don't think it's necessarily a guarantee. That's not because he can't be a better quarterback than Sam Darnold, who, as you know, the kids say, sucks. It's more of Malik Willis has a learning curve that he's going to have to deal with and how quickly he takes to an NFL coaching, which, by the way, was the biggest takeaway that I had Mm -hmm. from Mobile was not so much anything he did physically because we know what the upside is with his traits. It was he had a bad first day of practice, took some coaching, changed up his game a little bit, and responded with a much better day two and day three in game practice afterwards. And that was our first chance. This is, this is like the – it's not intangible because you can see it, but this is the unknown factor you always have to deal with with these players. How do they take to pro coaching? What can they unlock by getting into an NFL room, an NFL coaching staff, and learn and following the advice? And based on the very small, admittedly small sample size that we saw, he seems like a very coachable player and showed upside with this pro coaching, then I'm a little bit excited about it. It's good news for DJ Moore. Is it good news for Christian McCaffrey? I don't know. Um, I, I don't think it's bad news for Christian McCaffrey. Again, the only reason why I say that is because a high volume of targets going McCaffrey's way is a huge reason why when he plays, he's the best running back in fantasy football. Anything that might take targets away, a la Daniel Jones taking over for Eli Manning and Saquon Barkley's target share from that point on, makes you at least pause for a little bit. But overall, for the wide receivers or anybody else they might add in this draft, particularly maybe a tight end if they add it somewhere later in this draft, uh, I like it. Oh, don't you disrespect Tommy Tremble like that. They got a tight end already on the roster, Jamie. What are you talking they, about? They have somebody listed a tight end on the roster, Chris. Yes, they do. I, I, I will say this, though. With Robbie Anderson more than likely out of town, right, they, they, there is a need for this team to add pass catchers, and that's obviously going to impact everybody in the, on this team from a fantasy perspective, what direction they go. And to your point, Jamie, I, I'll, I'll phrase it to you this way. This situation, in, in let's play out the scenario where Malik Willis is the pick at number six. Do you know what this kind of feels like to me? It feels like what Chicago did with Justin Fields, with Andy Dalton where Andy Dalton started the year and then Fields got in there. That feels the way it would similarly go in Carolina where Darnold, they're paying him a lot of money. They brought him back. They picked up the fifth-year option. He's going to be the starter at least in the beginning, but I think at the first signs of trouble, Malik Wills is going to be in there to try to give the team a spark. And I think that's the point. I think Sam Darnold is going to be given every chance to start week one next year. But also, I'm not going to rule out that he loses a battle in training camp or preseason. Like that's the other element here. Like I don't, I don't think even if Carolina, like I said, takes a quarterback at six, whether it's Willis or Pickett or or whomever, I don't think it guarantees that that quarterback is starting week one. 
But I also don't think it's a guarantee that quarterback's not starting week one, just because Sam Donald could easily lose a battle to one of these rookies. Kenny Pickett, the next quarterback up, he goes number 11 to Washington. And let me just paint a picture for you here, Jamie. Kenny Pickett throwing to Terry McLaurin and Diami Brown, and he's got Antonio Gibson in the backfield. I kind of like this. I don't know if it's my favorite quarterback fit. We got one more quarterback to talk about, and I think that's the one I like a little more. But I think this would work for Washington and for the skill position players because we talked about it in our sort of in the mock draft show when talking about this player in specific, this player specifically. Terry McLaurin is no longer quarterback proof in the way that we thought. And so they need to have a more stable presence at quarterback. And I think even in year one, and I think long term, Kenny Pickett more of a stable presence at the quarterback position than Taylor Heineke. And that's kind of what you're looking at right now. Kenny Pickett is the rookie QB2 off the board in best ball drafts. QB30 is where he's going, kind of in the same range as, as Carson Wentz, Jared Goff. Uh, How many Jimmy best ball Garoppolo. drafts have you already done, by the way? Uh, Not the I've, so I've only done one. 12? I'm in one right now. I'm doing the slow burn, the slow, slow drafts. Oh, um, so you're taking your time. I'll talk about, the, you know, let me, I'll talk about this at the end because I'm going to get okay, derailed. Okay. Somehow I ended up with like this all running back team. We'll talk about this a little bit at the very end okay. of the show because nobody's okay. probably going to care. But, um, but yes, yeah, so, so he's QB2 here. The, the point you made about a steady presence is the biggest thing that is the impact for me, Chris, because I, I don't think you're going to play, again, outside of super flex leagues where in two quarterback leagues where every quarterback that's starting gets drafted. Uh, that's my always caveat there. It's more about Terry McLaurin just getting a steady presence, just anything. And, and it's kind of going back to what we thought he was going to get from Ryan Fitzpatrick this time, or a little bit later than this time last year, before he suffers the season-ending injury in week one. We just want a steady presence. Just give us an average quarterback to throw to to Terry McLaurin for the season and throw to Logan Thomas and throw to J.D. McKissick if he comes back and Antonio Gibson out of the backfield. You know, Diami Brown, whether he's the wide receiver too or they bring in somebody else or Cortland, uh, not Cortland, um, Curtis Samuel gets his you-know-what together this year. Whatever it is, you just want a steady presence in Washington at the quarterback position. And if there is a word I would use for Kenny Pickett, steady seems to be the one. I don't think he's got tremendous upside, but I also think he has a pretty high floor, particularly relative to this quarterback class. I would argue that he has a higher floor than anybody else in the 2022 quarterback class. Maybe that's damning with faint praise, but I think Kenny Pickett to me is one of those always in the middle of the pack of like this is a guy you can win with but you're not going to win with because of this guy quarterbacks and for fantasy purposes that's really all you want for terry mclaurin right now yeah it'd be awesome if they landed a russell wilson or they landed an aaron Rodgers or somebody like that of course it'd be amazing but all you really need is just steady eddie just somebody there that can get the ball to terry mclaurin with consistency and let his talent which is elite win for you and that will be huge for Washington and it'll be huge for fantasy managers yeah and I I think it's interesting because you're starting to see the rumors about Washington being in the quarterback market swirling and two names that have been you know thrown out there because they're going to be available because one team basically came out and said that he was available when Carson Wentz in Indianapolis and then for obvious reasons Jimmy Garoppolo is probably going to be available with the San Francisco 49ers Uh, 11 is a is a a premium pick right I pick number 11 you can get an impact player but I don't know if I'm trading draft capital to get Jimmy G or signing Carson Wentz. So the opportunity cost there feels a little weird to me. I'm not trading the 11th pick for either one of those quarterbacks. No, no, no. I'm what not I'm saying tra- is – No, no, no. I'm I, not, if I'm Washington. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm agreeing with you. I'm just saying if I'm Washington, I'm not trading those picks for those quarterbacks. However, I would sign Carson Wentz if he's cut, not trading for that contract under any circumstances. I do actually think Carson Wentz would be a, a good fit for Terry McLaurin. 
in terms of just pure fantasy value. Uh, I also think Jimmy Garoppolo would be good for fantasy value. But again, I I think we're all talking about the same type of quarterback at this point. They're different stylistically, all that other stuff. But we're talking about the same type of who can get the ball to Terry McLaurin, who can get it close to him. And they just need that presence there. The last quarterback that we're going to talk about, 18 to the New Orleans Saints, Matt Corral. And Jamie, I really like this one. Matt Corral's a guy that's starting to, you know, at least for me, move up my board. And I think... For a lot of these guys, fit's going to matter more so than ever, right? And in terms of their ability to impact year one in their spots. And then I think long-term, if you're set up for, for success for a team that's ready to win now and has a good infrastructure and a good coaching staff, I, I think you can succeed. The Saints obviously no longer have Sean Payton. Dennis Allen is now the new head coach down there in New Orleans. But a lot of the infrastructure is still the same. This team has playmakers. This team has an offensive line that can protect the quarterback. I think this is a situation where Matt Corral can succeed and the skills, the talent, the ability to throw the ball down the field is there. And if Michael Thomas does come back, if Alvin Kamara with the legal issues that obviously are in front of him, whatever happens with that, I think the Saints are set up if Matt Corral was their starting quarterback week one. I I think that would help those guys more so than, than, than quarterback play that they've had recently. And again, Michael Thomas is coming back. You're going to have Traquan Smith. I imagine you're going to have another, whether it's a rookie or a cheap free agent that also joins that that group. Adam Troutman comes back from injury. Alvin Kamara will be back uh, next year. I, I, Given what we know now with the information we have, I mean, he's got some issues he'll have to solve, but I don't think he's going to jail uh, for getting into a fight in the club. But he might might have a pretty penny that he'll be out of pocket for and, and have to do some community service or something like that. So in terms of where we're looking for, for offensively for fantasy – all of their big weapons should be back. I like this. And I actually, if this, if this scenario were to play out here, I would take Matt Corral as my rookie QB2, actually, over Kenny Pickett. He's QB3 right now in best ball, QB32 overall, going right in the, the Davis Mills, Taysom Hill, Mitchell Trubisky range right now. So pretty much free. Uh, I, I like the opportunity here. I, I like to see what he could do because he's going to have a premier wide receiver. Michael Thomas is not the best receiver in football anymore. And I would argue he never technically was, despite the huge numbers he was putting up. But he's, a, he's an extremely talented wide receiver, and, and I think we've probably, between the injuries and all of the drama that he had and with the organization, we've probably forgotten just how. We're probably underrating Michael Thomas uh, at this point uh, uh, upon his return. Traquan Smith can be a down-the-field threat. Alvin Kamara is an elite weapon out of the backfield. I agree with you, Chris. I think this would be a really good place for him to succeed. Now, Teron Armstead is likely not coming back, so you're going to get a little bit weaker on the offensive line, but this would be an interesting spot, and – we already know, Chris, that we had some some information that the Saints have already been poking around a few different quarterbacks that are rumored to go in the first and second round of the draft. So they're definitely interested, as they should be, if they don't end up re-signing Jameis Winston, which, again, they might not. I think everyone just kind of assumes that they are. I don't think it's as slam dunk as, as everybody else does. This would be a really good spot for him. And rarely do you see a player not go to the senior bowl and again, because he, he wasn't eligible, he absolutely wanted to, from what I understand, just the rules did not allow him to. And the stock goes up because of that. And, and mm-hmm. I think partly it's because of just where this quarterback class is overall and the inconsistencies that we've seen from them and the inconsistencies we saw from them up close and personal and mobile. But I'm really intrigued to watch what he does at the combine next week at his pro day, because we haven't had a real good look at him in the postseason like we have for these other quarterback prospects. Yeah, and, and, and I would say this too, Jamie, right? 
we talked about the, the coaching change from Sean Payton to Dennis Allen, but Pete, Pete Carmichael is going to stay on the staff as the offensive coordinator. And I think, yes, the coaching staff would be new to Matt Corral, but continuity on a coaching staff despite a head coaching change is really important, right? And so all of the people, Carmichael, Dennis Allen, they've worked together before. There's an existing relationship. And can you imagine, Jamie? I mean, I, I've seen this before. A rookie quarterback comes in with a rookie head coach. They're trying to get the staff together. So the staff's brand new. The staff's working together for the first time. And now they also have to, you know, deal with a rookie quarterback, work with a rookie quarterback, get him up to speed. There's just a lot of stuff that can get in the way of you succeeding right away because everybody's new to one another. Having the continuity on one side of the equation from a coaching perspective, I think would help Matt Corral a bunch because no one on that side of the ball doesn't know each other, right? There's a great relationship between Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael. They're on the same page of what they want to accomplish. And Dennis Allen probably gonna be like, Pete, Go do your thing. Go work with the quarterback. Figure this out. Do what we need to do. That's a huge benefit for a young player, a young quarterback in this league to have that continuity. So it's one of the reasons why I like this the most. All right, you want to do wide receivers? We will go in order in which they were uh, selected, which means we got to go all the way back to pick number 13, Jamie. Traylon Burks. Going yes. To the Cleveland Browns. I like so, this a lot. I, I do Traylon too. Burks is becoming my guy from a wide receiver perspective in the, both real life pick. and fantasy. Yeah, he's my guy. I, I, I do think he's going to be the first receiver off the board in the real life draft and in fantasy drafts right now in rookie best ball, excuse me, regular best ball, but he is the first wide receiver of the rookies to come off the board here. Wide receiver 32 right now is where he's going in best ball drafts in the same context as guys like, probably a little high, but guys like Hunter Renfro, Darnell Mooney, Brandon Cooks, Brandon Ayuk uh, is where he's going. Uh, so that's a, that's a premium, but it's interesting because he's going to have – there are two competing thoughts that I have in my head because I, in my head, mocked the Browns having a decent chance taking a wide receiver here and Burks in particular for of several weeks now. There's the like the, the angel on your shoulder and the devil on your shoulder. The angel sure. on your shoulder says there's room for a ton of work. And we talk, and I talked a lot during the mock draft and he was one of the players that got picked in my mock draft of the eight rounds about how – Year one opportunity. Who, who, how do you get on the field? How do you get targets? How do you get opportunities to play and opportunities to succeed and score fantasy points? Or right, Beckham Jr. is gone. Jarvis Landry might be a cut candidate, as was indicated by if you've seen his, I believe his tweets or Instagram posts or whatever that he put out today. Um, he's a cut candidate for cap purposes. Not because I necessarily think they don't like him, but just the cap situation. So he could be entering an offense where there's a room for him to be the wide receiver one from a target share standpoint. The devil on my shoulder says wide receiver one in the Browns offense from a target share standpoint is like a wide receiver two in a lot of other offenses. Now, this and this has been the argument that I had with Otto Beckham Jr. Because Otto Beckham Jr. had a 25% target share from Baker Mayfield when they both were on the field. That's a massive target share, but it's a massive slice of a smaller pie. So at the end of the day, it's something you have to consider. But again, opportunity matters. I obviously love Traylon Burks' skill set. He's not Debo Samuel. I'm, I'm not going to continue to perpetuate this this narrative because I hate no, when Jay, no, Jamie. Debo Samuel 2.0 is what I've heard. It's what the He's internet Debo tells Samuel me. Debo Samuel 0.7. Okay. But uh, it, I like what he can bring to the table. I like that he can get an opportunity early on. As I've said before, there, there isn't a Justin Jefferson. There isn't a Jamar Chase. I would argue there's probably not even a, a, a Jalen Waddle in this class in terms of what I expect from production standpoint. But at wide receiver 32, I think that's that's a fairly reasonable rate for him, even in best ball formats. Like if you're going to get him as a wide receiver three, which is where I had him draft in my mock draft, I like it because he's going to get opportunity. 
And again, we're not talking long-term at this point. We're not talking dynasty. We're talking year one. How, how can somebody help you this year? That sort of target share, even from a shaky quarterback in the run-heavy offense, isn't nothing because it's not being overdrafted. We're not taking him like where people were taking Odo Beckham Jr. at like wide receiver 17. I'm Correct. Him here in the, in the 30s. And, and the other thing I would add to that too, Jimmy, is it's very similar to the conversation that we had in the preseason leading up to this season about Julio Jones going to the Tennessee Titans offense with the target share of Ryan Tannehill. There's a, there's a limited exactly. volume compared to what Matt Ryan was doing in Atlanta. So yeah, you're going to a place that, that's a, a better football team, but you got to compete with A.J. Brown. And overall, the Titans throw the ball less than they do in Atlanta. So you're not going to be able to get the production that you're normally used to. And I feel like that this would be like, I know you're like Kyle's got the draft good players. Hashtag draft good players. Yes. On draft dudes. My mantra, and I will continue to say this. I'm not going to put it on a hat like my good friend Kyle did. But uh, opportunity matters as much as talent. That's, a, that's ne- a lot of words on a hat. I know. That's why we can't put that Big on a words. hat. But opportunity means as much as talent. That is something that you need to remind yourself in fantasy drafts, particularly if you're not in Dynasty. Dynasty matters still a little bit, but overall, the overarching 30,000-foot view, opportunity matters as much as talent. And it's so easy to get wrapped up in talent. I do it again. I make these same pitfalls. I'm not sitting here on like uh, on my high horse like, oh, I'm smarter than I'm not. I'm a freaking idiot a lot. But at least I have to remind myself, and, and that's why I do those, those projections that I do in the preseason, because I have to remind myself, opportunity means as much as talent, i.e., e.g., Example, Amon Ross St. Brown. Right. Opportunity. The perfect example. Needs as much as talent. Is Amon Ross St. Brown the second best wide receiver in the NFL talent-wise? No, Absolutely he's not. not. But back half of the year, he was a talented receiver with a massive opportunity. And he put up massive fantasy value. Those things matter. And from an immediate opportunity standpoint, if Traylon Burke ends up in Cleveland – it's at least fairly significant. It, it, Jamie, it's the conversation we have with rookie running backs. How do you get on the field? If you're able to, to catch the ball out of the backfield, you're going to have more opportunities because yep. you're going to be in there on passing downs. It is how can you create yourself more opportunities? Now, can I go back to being the, the angel on your shoulder for a second? If there's a wide receiver in this class that can get drafted in the first round that can get on the field and do things in different ways, it's Traylon Burks. You want to yes. run a jet sweep with the guy? Perfect. You want him to run down the field, throw a deep ball? He can do that too. So, from an opportunity perspective, you can use him in a lot of different ways. It's why the Debo Samuel comp is out there. It's why that gets talked about because he can do so many different things. And so that is a thing that you have to consider is the talent there with Traylon Burks. But there's also a lot of opportunity because the team's going to be able to use him in a lot of different ways. And to that point, and this is a good way to wrap this up, he can be a volume guy. There For are sure. only a few guys that you can look at and say, this guy, you can run an offense through him from a volume standpoint. He doesn't need huge plays to be fantasy relevant. Burks is one of those guys. Next wide receiver up, Jamie, and I love this fit. Jamison Williams to the Las Vegas Raiders. And I can just picture now Derek Carr pointing down the field, slinging it down there. Jamison Williams goes up and catches the ball. I like this a lot. Yeah, and I know you guys had some good things to say about about this pick on Draft Dudes uh, on Monday. By the way, if you have not checked that out yet, uh, in video form, now Mm. on YouTube, I watched the video. It's really really fun little video. Chris pops up briefly. Um, So here's the issue with Jamison Williams. It's all about when is he going to get on the field? You know, tearing your ACL uh, in the championship game is a tough timeline to get back on the field. Uh, I would imagine you're looking at probably half a season. I think if you expect half a season from Jamison Williams, you'll probably get a return on your investment. Anything more is more optimism than I'm willing to have. 
Um, he's coming off the board right now in in best ball formats. It's going to be lower in, in just in regular redraft leagues. But as the rookie wide receiver five, uh, wide receiver fifty eight right now. So in the chain in the range of Kenny Galladay, boy, what a what a fall Kenny Galladay's had. Uh, Kenny Galladay, Will Fuller, DJ Chark, Van Jefferson, Josh Palmer. That's the kind of range where Jamison Williams is coming off the board right now. Love the talent. Love, love this fit. Uh, this would be – if Jamison Williams was healthy – well, I mean, if Jamison Williams was healthy, he's going borderline top 10. But, like, if Jamison Williams was healthy and he hypothetically fell to the, the Raiders here, um, I'd be taking him, like, in the 20s among wide receivers. Like, I, I, I love this fit. So you have to be willing to say if you're now if does your league have an IR spot? Does it not have an IR spot? Like these are all things you have to consider because you're going to be sitting on your bench for half a season. There is, is there tremendous potential in the back half, sure. But then again, reminder: this is a guy coming off of ACL injury, just making his way into the NFL. No real training camp, no mini camp, no preseason. Jumping into the fold midseason. I would temper my expectations for Jamison Williams in year one. Like I'm probably not going to have a lot of shares of him, if any, in fantasy, just because I think there are too many concerns that I would have from him. From a dynasty standpoint, this guy's going to be an absolute stud. But year one, I'm a little worried. So it's funny you mentioned this. I'm in a dynasty league. I talk about it on the show all the time. I talk about some of the, the trade offers, some of the trade decisions that I have to make. I have the number two pick, Jamie in the rookies-only draft. It's only rookies that are available. I feel like if I don't, if Jamison Williams is on the board when I pick, if I don't take him, he is not going to be there when it gets when it gets back no. around to me. And that's, you know, and in my league, I have a taxi squad for rookies for the first year. I can put him on a taxi squad. does not count toward my roster, my main roster. So he would, would, wouldn't even count whatsoever. So something to consider. I'm certainly considering it heavily uh, of taking him and just kind of stashing him away and hoping uh, for the best down the road. I do wonder who's going to be the the the, the number one pick for uh, for Dynasty. Well, my 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 draft will happen after the NFL draft happens, so Fitz will be known. We'll know where these guys are, and then I can probably get a better gauge of who uh, who will probably go. I think it'll be Burks or Jamison Williams. If I had to be honest with you, wide receivers. Yeah, my, my are, guess would probably be Burks at this point, which he kind of seems like the consensus guy there. But it'll be interesting because post draft there's going to be hype. Somebody's going to a receiver, or running back is going to go somewhere and get pushed way up. Yeah. Which, by the way, is usually overvalued. Like, it, Not that it shouldn't be valued, but it, I think it just gets overvalued, i.e. the Clyde Edwards-Alaire uh, versus Swift and Jonathan Taylor kind of conversation. But that's for a different podcast. What's more important than peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you are online. And with all the threats that you face today on the internet, it is more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, the most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either, and plans start at under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com believe, or use the code believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan, plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients support gut health, 
your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. Jim, I'm going to take ownership of the show again here. Oh, there it is. Forward here. Haven't done one of those in a while. There it is. I believe what was the that one word in that? And in, in for the Athletic Greens, what was the? Uh, let me pull the were, read back up here. Yeah, pull the read back up. Like, yeah. Adaptogens. Yeah. Adaptogens. So that's a that's a tough one because the, the, I love that. and I'll read the copy again. Please support our friends over at Athletic Greens. Seventy-five high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. That's a lot. There's a lot of verbiage there. A lot of stuff in the copy that you got to get out. And first time I read it, never seen adaptogens written down on a page before. And so it was tough. Had to the do it theories a couple times. Written, the theory written behind adaptogens say that they help you by just a physical, chemical, or biological stress. Listen, I told you. It helps your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, yeah. energy Stimulate recovery. Stimulate your body stress yeah, protection I response. I told you this. Yes. Interesting. Well, we're going to stimulate in, the Buccaneers offense here with Garrett Wilson as the pick here at number 27. I got all sorts of segues for you here today on the show. Here. So here's the... Blaine Gabbert throwing to Garrett Wilson. That's the thing. Like, <laughs> I like Garrett Wilson. Um, maybe not as much as the, the rest of the fantasy community. And not that I don't like him. I just think there's other receivers that I think are closer or above him that are not that are routinely ranked below him. The concern here is, is who's throwing him the ball? Because so there's did. a very real chance Blaine Gabbert's throwing him the ball next year. And that's not horrible, but like, where's that going to provide a ton of fantasy value for you right, right now? He's, uh, for context, I, I almost forgot this part. Wide receiver 39 is where he is going as the second rookie wide receiver off the board. Oof, that's a little uh, high. Judy, for me. Woods, Tony, Claypool are the, is the range of players that are going around him. I would, I would, I draft Claypool. all those guys above him if he goes to Tampa Bay, to be honest with you. I, I think so, too. And I don't know if you listened to it, but last week on Draft Dudes, we predicted the starting quarterbacks for all 32 teams in the National Football League. And I, I went galaxy brain. I had Carson Wentz to Cleveland. I had Baker had Mayfield. Mayfield right, to Tampa. I had Baker Mayfield sure. to Tampa. Yeah. I, I, I went galaxy brain because I just don't think Bruce Arians continues coaching. Byron Leftwich doesn't take the Jacksonville job, comes back to roll with Blaine Gabbert or Kyle Trask. Like that's that's the no, prevailing no. thought in the back of my head is that they are not going to roll into this year. Now, listen. That is their break explain. glass, right? That is their break sure. glass in case of emergency. If all else fails, you run it back with with Blaine Gabbert, right? Like th that's not plan A or even plan B. That's just like. I don't think it's plan C. Yeah, that is like if we strike out G everywhere, that's where we go. I don't think they're taking a rookie though. Like I don't think I don't think anywhere well, in the plans last year. is. Yeah. Well, they shouldn't have taken Trask then either. But sucks, okay, but, but don't compound the problem by using another pick. Correct. Like I don't think they're spending a first round pick on a quarterback either. So I think it's really if all else fails. And I know there's been the Deshaun Watson conversation. There's, you know, maybe it's Baker, maybe it's Kirk, maybe it's Matt Ryan, maybe it's maybe all it's these Russell other, Wilson. maybe it's Russell Wilson, maybe it's all these other guys. But um, I do expect there to be a veteran quarterback there next year, one way or the other. And again, if it's Deshaun Watson, if it's Russell Wilson, if it's somebody like that, then sure, I, I would. Garrett, Garrett Wilson would take a, a bigger jump here if that's where he ends up. 
uh, basically becoming likely the wide receiver too. We'll see what happens with Chris Godwin. But even if Godwin comes back, he's might not be ready for the start of the season. So that could that again, you might say, okay, well that just Godwin's gonna come back. But no, no, no. That means Garrett Wilson is getting first team reps all throughout training camp, all throughout the preseason, and it's gonna accelerate his ability to take his way into that offense. So I will be intrigued depending on the quarterback scenario. But if it is Trask, Gabbert, etc., I'm not gonna be as excited. Speaking of quarterback situations and giving them a new wide receiver, pick number 28, Chris Olave to the Packers. Jamie, I think I I think just copy paste everything we just said about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to the Green Bay Packers, except they're not going to go out and get a quarterback. They're just going to roll with Jordan Love. And all right. Hold on. Hold on. Maybe. Did you see the Instagram post? Uh, uh, How could I not? It's literally only Eddie. The thing that anybody's talked about since like midnight last night. I think he's just trolling everybody because that's yeah how he, you, he's just desperate for attention i right. get it he's trolling everybody of course he is like of course he is but no, I, I still think he's i still think he's going to denver but i uh, yeah I, 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 I think he's leaving green bay i thought he's been leaving green bay and no instagram post is going to change that um i do think green bay is going to uh and, and this got some people into some trouble early this week but put a full court press on trying to keep him there but i also think that might not matter. Like I don't, I don't. I don't see what has changed in the fundamental philosophy of the organization in the last calendar year to make these things all you know kiss and make up. I, I, so I, I don't see it. If we think Aaron Rodgers is gone, I, I think the assumption is Devontae Adams is also not there. He's gone. He goes with Aaron wherever he goes. Chris Olave in that Maybe. scenario, the wide receiver one in Green Bay. Well, yeah, because I mean, Valdez Scantling's also a pending free agent, as is Alan Lazard, but he's restricted. Um, but like this, this entire receiving core right now is. Although is those up guys in the could air. be back, I still feel confident in what I just said about Chris Olave being the wide receiver one. Yes, Chris Olave is a better receiver than Monte- Marcus Valdez Scantling, Alan Lazard, Equimania St. Brown, uh, all those guys. Robert um, I think Tanya's a free agent as well. So there you um, go. But, but I, again, it wouldn't matter there. Anyway, yeah, pretty much any pass catcher that's not a running back in Green Bay is, is up in the air right now. I also would not rule out a scenario where Devontae Adams has to play a year in Green Bay on the franchise tag without Aaron Rodgers and then hits free agency if they can't work out a deal for him. I do think that is within the realm of possibility. But uh, wide receiver four right now among the rookies. Wide receiver 49, which I think is a really strong value in best ball drafts right now. He's going in the range of... Tyler Boyd, Christian Kirk, Rondale Moore, uh, ACL Odo Beckham. Uh, I, I think Olave's upside is pretty high. We talked about this a little bit on, on the mock draft show. I feel like there's almost like a little bit of Olave fatigue because he went back to school last year. I don't think there's enough appreciation for the talent that is Chris yeah, Olave. But I don't like this fit, Jamie. I just don't. I love this fit if Aaron Rodgers is there. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. He's the wide receiver, Duh. too. And, and Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers is there. Like, He's in yes, the conversation. We're back in it, on this. Well, he's in the conversation for rookie wide receiver one right now. If Aaron okay. Rodgers is there, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I think at that point, I'd probably take him in that spot. If he's not, if he, if this is Jordan Love or random free agent, because I do not believe. Uh, look, I believe the Packers will probably be forced to start Jordan Love, but I also believe that they do not believe in Jordan Love whatsoever. Uh, I don't love it as much because I, I don't know if Jordan Love can get anybody the ball. Like, I know, I feel like I know nothing about Jordan Love. I feel like I know nothing, and I just, like, I don't – man, I don't want to see all these receivers go to these bad quarterback teams. Like, this sucks. Like, now that I'm all, like, thinking about it, and, like, this is, again, uh, the perfect reason why goes back to the thing I just talked about. 
Opportunity means as much as talent. There's a lot of talent that we're talking about right now. Opportunity might not be as good. All right, let's talk about the opportunity that Drake London might have in Miami because he's the next pickup that Damian makes in his latest mock draft. By the way, you can read this full mock draft and all the picks over at thedraftnetwork.com. I feel like I should have said that at the beginning of the show. Uh, Jamie, a lot of question marks here, right? Clearly, it, yes. it, it appears Tua Tonga-Vailoa is going to be the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins in 2022. Yeah, I, I feel McDaniel. pretty confident in that at this point. Yeah. I mean, everything Mike they've done McDaniel. this offseason is to point that. Mike McDaniel, the new head coach. Yep. This pick for Drake London. Now, can I tell you how I feel about this right now? Do you feel better you than Kyle did? Because Kyle did not like this pick on the Draft Dudes podcast yesterday. I, independent of the player, right? Independent of Drake London. I just want to talk about what the Dolphins have been telling me. What Mike McDaniel has been telling me by his coaching staff. Have you seen the coaching staff that he's put together? Have you seen the types of guys he's putting on this offensive yes. staff? They're going to run the football next year. They are going to. They are going back. They are like we have. Miami hasn't been able to run the football in like a decade. We're fixing that. We are running the football. Give By me the all way. the tight ends coaches, the O line coaches. Give me all the guys that can revamp this team. So that being said, by the way, that's a good strategy. I think they need to get back to running yes. the football a little bit more because it's going to help Tua. But Jamie, opportunity. We talk about volume. They're going to put an emphasis on running the football. Tua's not going to throw the ball all that much. Jalen Waddle's still there. Now you enter Drake London in the picture, who I think is a good receiver. People mocking him to the Jets at pick 10. Everybody's I don't know if I like everybody this fit. The Jets at pick 10. That's the Jets fair. at pick 10 is the, is the, is the that's can, like the differentiator for drafts. Put whatever, put whatever player you want at 10. Whatever. Just, that's, that's what people are pretty much pivots. doing. Yep, that's where it pivots. So London right now is going as the rookie wide receiver three, wide receiver 44 in the range of guys like Rashad Bateman, Allen Robinson, Cortland Sutton, Juju Smith-Schuster. I'm with you. I think this would be a bad fantasy landing spot for him. One, enjoy blocking. Uh, two, he's always going to be the secondary option behind Jalen Water, which is okay. But again, this is not going to be – I don't expect this to be a high-volume passing offense out of necessity and also out of specific game plan. I don't know if that's the type of receiver I would have mocked to Miami there. Like, I, I do think they could use another uh, another pass catcher, and I don't think they're going to bring back Mike Gisecki. I don't really love any of the other secondary wide receiver options on the team besides Jalen Waddell and Devontae Parker. But, like, I, so I, I don't mind this. I just don't feel like Drake London would have been my particular choice here. I would have gone for one of the more linear guys down the field, whether it's Jahan Dotson. Um, obviously, who's there's on a the chance board? to get – Yeah, who's on the board here? Could, this would have been a good spot for Olave, uh, I thought, as well. We can't um, take him. He's not available. But he's not available, clearly. I, I just, I, I'm with you, Chris. This is the intriguing spot for me for a running back, though. Not in the first round, but... Kenneth Walker, baby. That's the name I was going to talk to you about. Well, there's two names, actually. One of them is Kenneth Walker, because to he, me, I think his, as we talked about a lot in the mock draft last, last week, he is going to be very, very, very team-dependent, because he is not getting on the field for me on third down. Like, he's just not. I just I'm, I'm not putting him on the field in year one and, and passing downs, but you don't need to. If you go hammer, hammer, hammer around uh, early downs with Kenneth Walker, Miles Gaskin comes on the field for the passing downs, four minute drill, et cetera. You can you can do what you want in that offense. Um, but also, let's say they don't spend a second round pick because they've had numerous opportunities these last few years to spend a second round <laughs> pick on a running back, and they have, and they not, have not. And they have let team now. No one is going to question Javon Holland pick. Dude's a freaking stud. But sure. they have let teams – I should say let. Teams have traded in front of them to grab running backs in each of the last two drafts in the second round. What if they got a guy like Algier? Oh, listen. 
I don't want to have to watch Tyler Algier play. Let's talk my about team. like that. That would be a really fun. Can, can I give you another one? Day three pick that I think would be that's a great spot for. Him. I know he's not in the first round here, but that's a, that's a good I'll, spot for him. I'll give you another guy. He can stay in Florida. Just drive Damian Pierce. You could do that too. You could or Price. That's a callback. Devon, yeah, that's a that's a callback. That's, call, that, like that, that's, that's a joke. But yes, uh, that would be a good one. Although, although Pierce can play on passing downs. Sure, as we it, saw. But, in and that's what I'm Mobile. saying. If you want, if you want to get somebody who's more well-rounded, yeah, Pierce, Rashad White from ASU, who can catch the ball out of the backfield. Like yeah. there are options that you can go not on day two, maybe not. Maybe I shouldn't say not on day two. Maybe just not. No, the but, but round. early day three. We're talking about like round four guys. Like yeah, right. Like and and I think the both of those guys would make sense there and could it or more well-rounded players if you didn't want to spend the quote-unquote premium capital here at. What pick to that? What pick are we talking about here? 29? 29 or your second round pick if you don't want to use that premium capital Which on is a running what, back. 40 something mid 40s. Sure. So like I can I, I can look. Yeah, like because what they they would have been pick were they 19? Because this is because they, they have yeah, they have to go back to their pick, right? In the second round. So hold on. I, I should know. I'm just gonna look this up because I'm I'm gonna bother me. 50, 50, okay, 50, 50. So 50. like there's nothing wrong with spending the 50th pick on a running back. But they got but, two. They got two fourths too. They got one nineteen and one twenty three. That feels like the perfect spot if one of those running backs is on the board to take one. And, and the question is, is where where does Mike McDaniel value running backs? Like he, we haven't he, seen the Niners take. I mean, look, they took Trey Sermon in the third round. That's right. How did he do this year, Chris? He Told didn't do as well as I wanted him to. Told yeah, you so. We got one more though. We got one more we player do. in this mock draft. I love. I love this fit, Jahan Dotson to the Detroit Lions. I do too. By the way, Jahan Dotson would have worked here. I know you've already said it, but I was just like, he, I think, yeah. fits more of what Miami wants to do from a passing offense than Drake London does. But yeah, and by the way, Drake London would be fine here in Detroit too. Like, sure. I, I think that there's, there's a lot of really interesting players uh, in this spot, but I, I really like this pick as well. Uh, where's Jahan Dotson going right now? So it's, let's see, four. If he's outside of wide receiver 45, it's a mistake. Five. Oh, we're way out past there. Six. Wow. This is a mistake. It's a top 50 wide receiver next year. My goodness. Let me see how far I have to go to find him. Do you disagree, Jamie? Eight. This is a top 50. It's a top 50 fantasy wide receiver next season. Depending on landing spot, yes. He's got the talent to be. I got to see where he goes. But yes, yeah, so okay. right now he's going as rookie. No, Detroit, yes, absolutely. Right, I was just going to say, in this spot, in this spot, sure, yes, he 50. would. Wide receiver eight among rookies. Wide okay. receiver 75. This in is basketball. ridiculous. I need Robbie to know the names in front of Cedric him. Cedric Wilson, no, no. Nico Collins, Tim Patrick are the guys. I need to know the rookies in front around. of him. We right, talked so about the, a couple of them. Okay, so let's we'll, we'll talk about them already. But Traylon Burks is rookie wide receiver one. Okay. Garrett Wilson, rookie wide receiver two. I'm Drake okay London, that. rookie wide receiver three. Understandable. Olave, rookie wide receiver four. Olave's got to be higher than four, but that's fine. I agree. But I, I know we're, we're a little bit higher on them than most. Jamison Williams, rookie wide receiver five. I understand that. Put him wherever because of the injury. David Bell, rookie wide receiver six. I like David Bell, but... I don't like David Bell that much. I don't like him more than Dotson. I'll put it that no. way. No. Like, I, I like him as a player. Uh, George Pickens, rookie wide receiver no. seven. And no. then Jahan Dotson comes in at rookie no, flip, wide receiver. Flip, put Dotson at six, move everybody else down a spot, and I would feel more comfortable with where we're at with those ranges. Yeah, uh, to me, I love this fit here. Uh, the Lions need to add, as they've pretty much been open about adding two or three wide receivers to this team. 
You've got you're fine in the slot with Amon Ross St. Brown. You're gonna you got the middle of the field covered. You got Amon Ross St. Brown. You've got TJ Hawkinson coming back in. You have DeAndre Swift out of the backfield. You've you've got those those little areas covered. Now you got a versatile offense if you had Jahan Dotson down the field. That's threat. what I'm saying. Now you got I mean this this offense. You need starts somebody to now down the field. Life. And yeah. uh, I know obviously Jared Goff's not great, but he can get the ball down the field when he needs to. And again, there's gonna be volume here. It's still not a very good team. Still gonna be throwing the ball a ton. And you saw what again opportunity plus talent there's a lot of opportunity in Detroit to take over and we saw some big games from guys like Josh Reynolds and Khalif Raymond and these guys that are nowhere near as talented as Jahan Dotson I love this fit here if the Lions go with a wide receiver either here pick 32 or a couple picks later at the top of the second round and by the way they they did I mean Goff missed some time Tim Boyle's out there throwing the ball around so a full season of Goff where you have him in this offense I mean I I would love this I any of the receivers I think that go here are going to have an opportunity to continue to use that word that we've been using on the show to have a real good year one impact. I mean, and then and then think about it next year or maybe with one of their picks in this year's draft, they're going to get a young quarterback. And one so, thing I want to mention before we talk about my best ball stuff, real quick, is sure. that we didn't even get a chance to go to the top around two, but there are really two spots here at the top. Of, I guess I should say in the first eight picks of round two that I think we should really pay close attention to. Detroit okay. at thirty four. Okay. The Jets at 35 and 38. Hello. And the Bears at 39. Those are prime potential wide receiver landing spots that I think could make immediate impacts. You know, we're talking about if Detroit doesn't go with the pick at 32, they pick two picks later, 34. The Jets, I'm not convinced they go, I don't think they go wide receiver at 10. So, but at 35 or 38, I know tight end's going to be in play for them at, at that point, as you, you've discussed as well, which would also have some fantasy relevancy. But a pass catcher to one of those spots becomes really intriguing as a secondary option to, I guess, would be a, tri, a tertiary option behind Corey Davis and, and Elijah Moore. But I, I still like that potential landing spot. And then Chicago, 39. 39. I yeah, think that, that's... I mean, that, that's been a spot where a guy like David Bell has been mocked too. I've seen Pickens mocked there. I've seen Olave mocked there. They need a true wide receiver, two, or arguably a wide receiver, one B to Darnell Mooney for Justin Fields. That's a really fun spot, particularly if it's a Lave. And I, and I look, nobody, we're not going to get another Burrow Jamar chase, but I do think the ability to, if it, it is Justin Fields throwing to Chris Olave again, I think that'd be a really, really fun spot. So those are picks there in the top eight of the second round that really, really intrigued me in terms of pass catcher landing spots that we haven't had a chance to talk about already. All right, Jamie. Best ball. You're in the, this is this is rare for you. You're doing a slow burn. You're doing a slow yeah. draft. You don't do a lot of these. No, I'm usually impatient, but I feel like it's yeah. the off season. So like, who cares? So let's take your time. So how well, how's this team? What pick did you have, and how has the team shaked up so far? All right. So I'm still in the middle of it. I had pick seven. Okay. Okay. I am. Not a, I'll be honest with you. Twelve team. Twelve team. It's not a great spot. And I'm eight picks in. So th- these are these are twenty round drafts. So I'm eight picks in. All right. So, do you want me to go like in the order I made the picks or just go like by position? Yeah, go in the order you made the picks. Okay. So I can judge you. So, my harshly. first pick at seven was Dalvin Cook. I, I like this. That's a good okay. pick. A plus. Turn back around at 18 and picked Alvin Kamara. That's another good pick. That's that was really good backs. value. I think that's fine. Yeah. Came back at 31 and took Cam Akers. So, you're just going all in on running backs. I, I didn't expect okay. to go all in on three, running backs, but here are Three I running backs. I love it. Came though. back on pick 42 and took Aaron Jones. Just keep just keep stockpiling the, the values, backs, baby. Kept Give me all the RB points. Went with Hollywood Brown at fifty-five. I finally took right, a wide receiver. I, I'll tell you what, though. I'll tell you what, though. Don't know. I don't know if I like Hollywood Brown as your wide receiver one. Don't know if I like. Yeah, that. but it's best ball. So I'm, I'm going to load up on the eight receivers here. Came back at pick sixty-six with Adam Thielen. 
Okay, that's okay. Okay, he's dropped in this, and I like that pick. Okay, came back at pick seventy nine. Got another running back, Michael Carter. was still on the board. Uh, listen, I'm always a fan of Michael Carter, so that's fine. And then my last pick, pick ninety, is Justin Fields so far. So uh, I am sitting that's, here eight picks in. Wow, that that that's it's weird. That played random. out in a very weird way. That uh, wow. I did not expect to go heavy running backs the way I did, but I, I'm I'm trying to, again. I'm going to do several of these. You want to try different strategies. Running backs kind of felt they kept falling to me. Like again, I had Cook, Kamara, and Akers is all like top fifteen values, and they all kept falling to me, even though pick thirty one. So I just kept kind of going running backs here. Now I'm going to see what I can do to kind of make up for it on the on the wide receiver and tight end standpoint going forward. But uh, these are always fun to kind of do this time of year, and obviously you're playing with a bunch of other people in this range that are drafting before the draft. So so you're not playing against people that are drafting after the draft. So you get to kind of see. You know, grab guys in different spots in the year and see which shares you get. It's always kind of fun. So that's where I'm at right I, now. And that's actually underdog is where we got all of the rankings that we use today on the show. I will tell you, Jamie, uh, today's a very important day because uh, today is the day that teams can officially start to franchise tag players between now yes. and March 8th. So nothing has happened yet, but obviously there are some players. Devontae Adams probably the top guy on that list uh, that is going to impact your fantasy team for next season. So we will keep an eye on that throughout uh, the next couple of weeks. Uh, Jamie, next up for us, Indianapolis for the Combine. We're going to be doing a Combine-related show next week. Yep. Um, Probably a, more of a 30,000-foot view from us here on the show about the Combine and, and some of the, just the, the noise. And and the, I'm, I'm sure, because the NFL is good at this, something will happen between now and next Tuesday that we'll have to talk about here on the show. Oh, from I'm sure. Perspective. But probably Aaron Rodgers related, because he's yeah. going to probably go on McAfee's show at some point this week and, and be more cryptic. And so the Combine next week, uh, lots of content coming uh, from that. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, TheDraftNetwork.com underneath the Fantasy tab is where you can find Jamie's full mock draft. If you haven't gotten a chance to see that, the Draft Network front page is where you can see Damien's mock draft if you want to look at that. Jamie, where can everybody follow you on social media? Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter and at Jamie Eisner TDN on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio, S C H U Radio. Follow the show on Twitter at TDN Fantasy. Thanks to our friends over at Bet Online, always for their continued support of the show. Everyone, have a great rest of your week. We will talk to you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.